I should be ready to go right after prayer, but thank you for uh, the praises. Praise team, that is a wonderful, wonderful song. Give them, yes, very, uh, very nice. And they, they do a very good job and um, very good. Um, thank you for being here, my goodness. Uh, I see some new people, I see some old people. That's great, good to have you. Just remember that we love you, and uh, just to keep you updated on what's going on here at Redwood Christian Church, we are going through that transition where we're finding a new pastor. Uh, so you'll find your elders uh, alternating every Sunday uh, preaching, and uh, we will keep you informed of any changes that occur in the next few weeks or months, and uh, we put this in God's hands. It's in God's hands. Uh, he is in control. Uh, I do have to confess to you that this morning didn't quite, uh, oh boy, I had a rough morning. You know, I ran out of hairspray. Uh, and if you know anything about me, my hair just stands straight up. I would have been a porcupine head if I would have came this morning, but I almost had enough in there to keep my hair down. So that was just one of the things. And then on top of that, I forgot my cell phone. Who here can live without their cell phone? Ah, <laughs> very good, very good. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it does, it's not a big deal for me if I forget my cell phone going to work and I'm not going to go back and get it. Uh, it's not that important, but, uh, you know, a little humor. We need a little humor, okay? We're in a serious hope for Christ, hope in Christ. And, uh, you know, there's, there's just a lot that we are are thankful for and what we do here uh, in our lives, and we're so thankful. But uh, you know, there's we're dealing with hope. Um, I like to share some some fun fun jokes with you concerning hope. And if if you don't like these, uh, you can tell me later. Uh, if if you condemn me, uh, I'm going to talk about condemnation today. So. Um, all right, so the first joke, an apple. A sudden desert storm had made a traveler lost his direction. The only thing he had was an apple. It was so precious. Whenever he was thirsty or hungry, he would only look at the apple. Then he would walk again full of hope. Unfortunately, he still died in the desert. It was written on the police report he would have walked out of the desert if he had a Samsung or a Nokia. <laughs> ah. What being a man is about. A little boy asked his father, Dad, what does it mean to be a man? The father replies, Well, son, being a man means that you're the person in control of the situation. You're the one who takes all of the important decisions. Well, the kid answers, then I hope to be a great man when I grow up, just like mom is. <laughs> and what is, uh, why is it easy to come up with a nickname or nicknames for trees? Because they stick. <laughs> I came up with that one. I hope uh, it's good because it's my only achievement in life. Uh, so, all right. Oh, okay, that's okay. 
Welcome back, folks from home. You missed the joke, sorry. Life through the Spirit, folks. Um, I'm going to reflect. Um, scripture reading today is going to be Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. Uh, get there. Come on, Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. My goodness. There you are. Romans chapter 8, verse 1 through 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that righteousness, requirement of the law, might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires." But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God." So what is condemnation? In simple terms, it's, it's more a disapproval or a public act of, of denouncing. In the Bible, the word condemnation is synonymous with damnation, judgment, punishment, destruction, and verdict. In its strongest sense, Condemnation means the banishing to the hell of those disobedient to the will of God. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, it states... But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister, let me see if I'm the right one here. 5, chapter 22. But I tell you, anyone who is in the, angry with a brother or sister will be subject to the judgment. Again, anyone who says to the brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. And those who deny him is also, if you turn to chapter uh, 10, Verse 33. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Imagine being convicted uh, of a crime you deeply regretted, intentional or unintentional, and being offered a pardon 
to dissolve you of any penalty. Would you accept it? Let me tell you about a story. Let me tell you about a man who did not accept a pardon. And I want to read this to you. In 1929, two men, George Wilson and James Porter, robbed a United States mail carrier. Both were subsequently captured and tried in a court of law. In May of 1830, both men were found guilty of six charges, including robbery of the mail and putting the life of the driver in jeopardy. Both Wilson and Porter received their sentences, execution by hanging, to be carried out on July 2nd. Now, they were convicted in May. Porter was executed on schedule, but Wilson was not. Influential friends pleaded for mercy to the President of the United States at that time was Andrew Jackson. On his behalf, President Jackson issued a formal pardon, dropping all charges. Wilson would have to serve only a prison term of 20 years for his other crimes. Incredibly, George Wilson refused the pardon. Okay? The official report stated... Wilson chose to waive and decline any advantage or protection which might be supposed to be arised from the pardon. Wilson also stated, had nothing to say, did not wish in any matter to avail himself in order to avoid sentence. Now, in the United States Supreme Court determined the court cannot give the prisoner the benefit of the pardon. This is interesting. Unless he claims the benefit uh, benefit of it. It is, it is a grant to him. It is property. And he may accept it or not as he pleases. Chief Justice John Marshall wrote, a pardon is an act of grace proceeding from the power entrusted with the execution of the laws, but delivery is not completed without acceptance. It may be rejected by the person to whom it is tendered, and we have no power in court to force it on him. Now, George Wilson committed, to, committed the crime and was tried and found guilty. He was sentenced for execution, but the presidential decree granted him a full pardon. And when he chose to refuse that pardon, he chose to die. Now, this is an amazing story. We might wonder, how could anybody refuse a pardon? especially when it's a, a death sentence. The man was a fool, but what if you also are refusing a pardon? One that enables you to spend eternity in the presence of God rather than eternity, separation from him in place the Bible calls Hades or hell. Who can condemn us? Well, I'm sure we all have been condemned in some way or form. Our friends, work, people. What about the, what about the guy that uh, rebooted the Facebook servers and caused one day of outage for Facebook? 
that's what they're saying, but who knows? Something happened. Someone had to be responsible for that. Now, Paul gives us that short course in just one verse. Jesus died. Jesus rose again. Jesus ascended. And then Jesus intercedes for us in heaven. Now, when he died, he paid that ultimate price for your sin completely and forever. Now, Scripture plainly teaches us all are sinners, people who have repeatedly broken God's law. For instance, in Romans 3.23, I think that's up on the, maybe not. Romans 3.23 states, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption of that come by Christ Jesus. Now the soul that sin, it shall die, Ezekiel 18. Actually, I'm sorry, folks. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Another verse says in 1 John 1.8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. What about the penalty of sin? Absolutely. What are the consequences? Death. We are told for the wages of sin is death, and we find that in Romans 6.23. Right out, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Now the soul that sins, it shall die. And that is found in Ezekiel 18.4. That does not sound like good news, does it, folks? But who has provided that pardon? God has. He makes it available to us. In 2 Peter 3, 9, chapter 3, verse 9, we read, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Later in 1 John, chapter 1, verse 9, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If he have not already done so, the question is, will you receive or reject the pardon? We, we all must choose. And we find that in John chapter 3, 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. We ask some questions, and, and just, I don't want an answer. Just 
listen to the question and then answer them internally. What is your first reaction to hearing about someone literally refusing to accept a pardon that would save him from having to face a death sentence? Now, have you ever done anything in your life which you wish you could have received a pardon rather than having to face the penalty of your actions? If you feel the freedom to do so, explain that in your heart. Talk to someone. Why do you think someone would intentionally refuse a pardon? Even if it was offered. Now, in line with the scripture of Romans... We talk about conquering and how we are conquerors. Paul presents the facts that those who are with Christ are more than conquerors. Those who are with God should not fear anything else of the world because God is greater than all things. I repeat that God is greater than all things. He who gave his only son in order to save all humans will surely give those who have accepted Christ Jesus. Now, when we talk about conquerors, we may think of Napoleon. Chubby, short Napoleon. is one of the most famous conquerors of all time, famous for taking advantage of the French revolution to make himself impure and create, and create the French Empire, one of the biggest empires of all time. Napoleon ruled over 720,000 square miles. He was one of the greatest military generals of all time, and believe it or not, he is still studied in today's military establishments. He fought and beat countless great generals and prominent armies. Like many other great conquerors, his greatest mistake was invading Russia, which eventually led to his downfall. Napoleon's greatest victory was the Battle of the Three Emperors, where he defeated the Russian Empire and the Holy Roman Empire with an inferior force. The battle is seen as a tactical masterpiece because of his perfectly executed plan. What about Julius Caesar? You know, he rose to power through any means possible. He didn't stop until he managed to become a dictator of Rome. After using corrupt means to become a consul, Caesar was in debt and needed to make money. This led to the conquest of Gaul. Caesar declared war against several Gallic tribes, in which resulted in a series of battles, ultimately ending in the victory of Caesar. The war lasted eight years, and greatest victory was the Battle of Alesia, where he defeated a Gallic force with tens of thousands more troops than he did. The victory led to the Roman Republic expanding over the whole Gaul. And what about this guy? Yeah, Hitler. That's a, that's a young Hitler, it is. Um, you know, he is the main cause of the biggest war in history of the world. You know, he caused the deaths of millions of people. 
after conquering land. Um, he is one of the most evil conquerors in history. Hitler conquered over one million square miles, and it's the most famous war in, in history. Hitler is commonly believed to be the most evil man in history. Now, after he gained power, he began annexing other lands to gain what called Libenzirim, or living space. Hitler occupied a large portion in Europe. He occupied 14 European countries, including France, Austria, and Russia. And, and you may know this, but uh, you know, he, did, uh, he did fight in North Africa to take over that land. He almost did, but he, he failed. Now, if Hitler had lost uh, World War II, he might have taken over the, or if he hadn't lost the World War II, he, he might have been taking the world. Um, what about our most famous conqueror? Who is that? There you go. The statement that Christ has conquered death refers to his resurrection. And if we look at Revelations chapter 1, verse 18. Revelation chapter 1. Jesus resurrection was true and total defeat of death. To the angel of the church in uh, Thyria, these are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love and faith, your service and perseverance, that you are now doing more than you did at first. I think uh, might be off here, guys. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's not what I have on there. I apologize. Just in summary, Jesus' resurrection was a true and total defeat of death. Um, now, in Acts chapter 2, verse 24, But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. Christ's conquest of death was permanent and internal. Now, how do you know if you're a conqueror? Okay. We are more than a conquerors because we are saved through Jesus Christ. He put the devil under our feet. We are more than conquerors because we can plead the blood. When you're facing trials, temptations, and condemnation, plead the blood. Christ shed his blood for us. And we are more than conquerors because of access to God. We have confidence in him. And we are more than conquerors because we have, what's this, folks? The book, the rule book. There's nothing happening to you that has not already occurred to someone else. But we have that Bible. We have scriptures to help us get through those trials.
We're more than conquerors because of the faith. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, folks, in short, if you're in Christ Jesus, God will never, ever condemn you for any sin whatsoever. The condition of this statement, however, is crucial. Salvation is for those who place their faith in Christ. There's no other way. And those who reject this salvation will not be rescued from condemnation. So my final question to you, or statement, in simple context, condemnation before God or justification by God comes from the choice we make about Lord Jesus Christ. If we trust him as Savior, there is no condemnation. And if we don't trust him, as our Savior, there is going to be condemnation. Very, very powerful, whoops, popular scripture in the Bible. This is probably one, in my opinion, is the most powerful of popular chapters in the Bible. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit gives us life as set you free from the law of sin and death. If you're struggling, if you're facing those trials, and if you feel that you're con con being condemned at, at some point, pray about it. Get on your knees and pray about it. If you need to talk to someone, talk to, you can talk to me, you can talk to any one of our elders. We're here to help you through that, that condemnation, that trial. And again, we have scriptures to turn to. We're here to help each other. We're here to help us get through this, this, this word called life. Because right now it is, it is upside down, but we have God, we have scripture to turn to. So let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we can come together and have you fill our heart with your love, your spirit. We're so grateful that you are the person that we can look to for answers, guidance, and direction. We're so grateful for your love and your sacrifice. And Father, we're just so grateful that we have you in our lives. Help us to be strong. Help us continue to be the light that you have shown upon us. And Father, we pray for those that condemn us. We pray for those people that don't know you. And we pray for those that 
are hurting that need your love and your salvation. Father, be with us, direct us, keep us safe, and fill us with your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.